because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. If you are looking for more of that, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or visit our website at wihhw.com. Now that you've been informed, things are about to get weird. Welcome to what I had heard was, I am Jennifer. And I'm Anna. And I'm Diane. And this week we're talking about dinosaurs. Something along those lines. That's my, di- that's my dinosaur. <laughs> Which dinosaur? Yeah. Um, well, I would have to say it would be my favorite dinosaur, which is the plesiosaur. And that one looks like Loch Ness Monster. Or they say Loch Ness Monster looks like a plesiosaur. So It's like a swimming brontosaurus. It sounds like the di- the dinosaur that would be in porn, plesiosaurus. <laughs> I just went to a place. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I'm back now. Welcome I'm back. Ready. Thank you. Are you visualizing dino porn? dinosaur porn? Yep, totally dinosaur porn. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm, but you have to like like I don't think they could. I don't. You'd have to match up the right kind of dinosaurs because they have such ex- like extreme dimensions of their extremities. So, you know, you can't like match up a tyron- Tyrannosaurus Rex with the wrong dinosaur because they won't be able to reach. Yeah. So you can't pull they're... the other dinosaur's hair. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not given any hand jobs. Like that's not. No, right. no reach around with the T-Rex. They're selfish lovers. <laughs> and their teeth are probably so sharp that they they that wouldn't be an option. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I mean, I don't think there's a polite way to talk about dinosaur porn. I don't know. I think you're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking dinosaur porn, I feel like this is a great way to do so. Can we start a website, dinosaurporn.com? Oh, I'm sure. Hold on. I'm sure it already exists. Let me Google it. You can preach it in your Tite Fromage classes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like not enough people are getting uh, getting into that. With such a great opportunity, they're letting just pass them by. How can you pass up cheese, hot yoga, dinosaur porn? All the things I can offer you. Titties. Titties. And cheese. Titties. Titties and cheese. Anna. Yes. yes. Go ahead. I was just saying, I looked up dinosaurporn.com. The site yeah. looks kind of sketchy. Um, and not in like the, oh, of course, Anna, of course it looks sketchy because it's dinosaur porn. No, it looks sketchy because it's just like, it has like just a snow covered field and it says, this is my site. No. And it's so I'm just like, I don't want to click on anything else anymore in, in it. So no. do not do. Don't. I mean, go there at your own discretion, but it's not quite as cool as I thought it would be. I was going to look it up too, but I'm on my work computer, so I had to stop myself. Because can you imagine? Like, I work in HR, and then like calling me into the office. So, Diane. Dutch. 
We think you might have a problem with dinosaur porn. I'm, I'm here for you, Diane. We support you. Thank you. What I do on my own time is my own business, damn it. Amen. Speaking of your own business, Anna, do you have a story about dinosaurs? I do. And it's actually relevant to our theme of this season of amazing fucking women that you probably never heard of. I had never heard of her, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But we're talking about Mary Anning. She's from the early 19th century, and she's a dinosaur hunter, all right? She's a, well, she's a fossil hunter, okay? <laughs> I was going to say she'd have a boring career as a dinosaur hunter. <laughs> I, I know, right? It's like she's just walking around a little place like, dinosaur, are you here? Starts hitting Woo-hoo. the trees with a stick. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how you hunt for haggis uh-huh. in Scotland, so that's a whole different thing. What's haggis? You don't know haggis? It's like a, mm-hmm. it's a so it's a Scottish food. Um, it's basically got a whole bunch of stuff stuffed inside of a uh, sheep's intestine. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, and then it's baked, and some people really like it. Some people really hate it. Um, but there is a local story of how to hunt and capture haggis. Um, and basically, haggis is like, it looks like a tribble. Yeah. Uh, like a little round thing with a bunch of fuzz. But half of its legs, like say its right legs, are shorter than its left legs. Because it runs around the Scottish Highlands always to the right in a <laughs> clockwise manner. So to hunt it, you have a bunch of people at the bottom of a hill with a net. And you have a couple people up at the top of the hill hiding in bushes and so when the haggis come running at you you jump out of the bush and you scare them and they go ah and then they turn around and then roll down the hill and then you catch them <laughs> and then um because they're off balance and then you can skin them and eat them you know i would like to hear our scottish murder friends tell us stories of haggis and how accurate we are yeah we'll have to get a hold of Dawn and ask her to to weigh in on this. Yeah, and then also just tell the story because I think it would sound a whole lot cooler coming <laughs> from her than me. Uh, but, back to Mary Anning. Mary Anning! Woo! Fossil hunter extraordinaire. I was real big into paleontology and geology and archaeology when I was a kid and I thought I was going to go and do all these wonderful things and I feel like if I would have known that she existed when I was in my budding career of learning about old shit in the dirt that I probably would have done more with it. See this is why I know we were friends to begin with because I loved dinosaurs when I was growing up too. I had like dinosaur sheets that and then I used to try and draw them all the time and Nice. What was your favorite dinosaur? What's the one with the long neck that eats leaves? Brontosaurus? Yeah, I think so. Like the like Littlefoot from yeah. Land Before Time? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was proven that brontosauruses don't actually exist. That Fuck. Stop ruining our lives. 
<laughs> I know, I'm sorry. That basically somebody found a different dinosaur and tried to put it on this body and created the brontosaurus. But then it turned out that it's actually called an apatosaurus. It has a different head. They had to swap heads and stuff. Is it because they were stupid or because they were trying to scam? Uh, I think that they didn't know that much about dinosaurs when they first found a brontosaurus. <laughs> this head'll do. <laughs> yeah. They're like, here's a body. Here's a head. Obviously, it's got to be its head. <laughs> Love it. That's so disappointing. I think I'm going to have to take some time off of work. Oh, no. Just and and my I think that there's an option when you take time off that you can select that my favorite dinosaur wasn't real. <laughs> I think so. That counts as sick time, right? As far as I'm concerned, it does. Mental health day. Right, exactly. Sorry, Anna. Please tell us about Mary Anning. <laughs> Mary Anning! <laughs> Mary Anning! <laughs> 19th century woman fossil hunter one of 10 children but one of only two of those 10 children that actually survived to adulthood because that's how rough life was back in the day it's her and mary (laughs) yeah so she's already tough badass her and her her older brother joseph to add to her bad acidness she was considered extremely lucky when she was 15 months old her neighbor was holding her while her neighbor and two other women, so basically three women and little Mary, were underneath this tree watching some horses, a horse show going on, this traveling horse show. And then all of a sudden, lightning struck. I don't know. Storm, I'm assuming. Um, somebody got smote. I don't know. But a lightning struck the tree. All three women died. Little baby Mary, 15 months old, is taken back to the house. Doctor did some stuff, whatever, with hot water, revived her, and she survived, which was like this miracle, especially considering how easy it was that children died back in the day. And so everybody said that she was, you know, very lucky and blessed, and her parents even said that before that she was really sickly, but afterwards, all of that stuff cleared up, and people attributed her cleverness and how smart she was and her success in her successes in life i guess to the fact that she survived this lightning strike so i think that's pretty cool that in itself is pretty badass i've never been struck by lightning so there's that fair i i would have to be in that boat with you Uh, i think i've mentioned this before but our aunt julie was hit by lightning twice so there's that she's got that going for her that's crazy. Yeah. And you could probably tell us that same story like five more times and we're going to react every single time this this way. <laughs> well, because it's still crazy. Just the fact that somebody gets hit by lightning once, let alone twice, and survives both times. Badass. Badass. So the family she grew up in was poor, like most families in England. Uh, her father, Richard, was a cabinet maker who supplemented his income by selling curios, as they were called at the time, or fossils. So uh, Mary and her older brother Joseph would go fossil hunting with her dad. So you're telling me that the only two survivors of that family, the only two kids, are Mary and Joseph? 
didn't even notice that. Uh, you, you are correct. I didn't even put that together either. <laughs> and she survived the lightning strike. Yeah. Jeez. Right? Right? Twice. Oh, no, she was only one time. Yeah, no, right? Right? Julie was a was the twice. But yeah, how cool is that? See, there we go. That was pretty cool. Thanks, thanks for, see, tying it together. Thank you, Diane. This- Full circle, Diane. <laughs> That's what they called me in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about that, listeners. Let that settle. <laughs> yeah, you can write uh, Diane at... Uh, what I had heard was at gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of full circle, due to the French Revolutionary Wars, it was dangerous for rich English people to vacation over in Europe. So they decided to switch that and vacation on the coasts of their own country in England. And where Mary Anning and her family lived on the coast of Dorset became a very popular travel spot. So her father selling these curios, these fossils to these rich folks was, was lucrative and was able to help sustain the family. Originally collecting fossils was something fun to do. Having these around curiosities to talk about fun parlor games, etc. Eventually though, fossil collecting became because it was so popular, uh, led to important geological and biological scientific finds. So what started as a hobby and a moneymaker for Aunt Mary actually turned into her love of learning about geology and science and where all these dinosaurs came from. And she became really, really smart and a local legend historian yes a local legend aficionado aficionado and it turned out that the area where she lived the lime regis area of dorset is one of the richest fossil locations in all of britain it's most noted for the jurassic period sea creatures which happen to be one of my favorite dinosaur areas so there you go little Ta-da! Full circle. Full circle. That's Mary Annie. Yes. When Mary was 12 years old, her brother Joseph found a four-foot skull of what folks thought was an alligator. A fossilized alligator. A couple months later, she herself found the entire rest of the body for this thing. This was sold to a collector for about 23 pounds, Later, was displayed in London, where it stirred up such public interest for learning more about the age of the Earth that there was this huge influx of people just like, we want more fossils, we need to know more about this stuff, teach us, teach us, teach us. I think I'd be really happy if I could pay for things in pounds. I got so many extra ones. Just 26 pounds? Yes. (laughs) Slice off a bit. Boop. I would have so many. I could give you guys wonderful. We'd go on vacation. Just a... (laughs) <laughs> right we'd be rich <laughs> i'd be rich anyway i'm over here shaking my pounds <laughs> i would use all my pounds to buy a tyrannosaurus rex skeleton that would be a lot of pounds yeah i mean i think that'd be a win-win because then you've got a t-rex dinosaur 
and way less pounds. Yeah. Win. Win. All the win. I wonder where the English came up with the whole pounds thing. I don't know. Let us know. English. Yeah. Hey, Oops. English people. Can Joe tell us? Joe from Hallmark of Greatness. Calling you out, Joe. Yep. Tell us where pounds came from. I would like to say we could tell you where dollars came from, but I don't know that either. So, Donuts. Dollars to donuts. Mm. Oh my god, donuts. Mm. Mm. So she found a whole dinosaur body? <laughs> Down in Dorset, she found an entire skeleton body. Okay. That's pretty cool. To go with this four-foot head that her brother had found. It's in London. Everybody's going fucking nutballs over it, right? And Charles Koenig of the British Museum caught wind of this, saw this big, beautiful thing, and they determined that it wasn't an alligator. They called it an ichthyosaurus, or a fish lizard. So, she found the very first ichthyosaurus fossil ever at age 12. Like, how's that for peaking young? I feel like if I had discovered a dinosaur, it would be like every five minutes I would bring it up and be like, oh, you mean that dinosaur I discovered? Oh, totally. Oh, <laughs> like I would just keep <laughs> letting the world know that I discovered something so cool. Later in life, she also found the very first complete plesiosaur my favorite dinosaur, Little Loch Ness Monster, and the first British example of a pterosaur, which is basically like a pterodactyl. So she got all the fishy ones, she got the flying ones, and they called it, which I thought was pretty neat, they called him the Flying Dragon. It was a pterosaur. I thought that was pretty I think there's a strain of weed called that. If not, there should be. Right? Mm-hmm. They should make a dinosaur, you know, a set of dinosaur strains. I'd be down. OG shit, if you will. <laughs> it just takes you it takes you back to the time. Take us back to when we belong. I don't even remember the lyrics. I'm just making shit up now. Love keep us up where we belong. Where the dinosaurs fly. On the British countryside. Yes. Uh, I promised our listeners they were going to get uh, songs by you guys, so we're going to have to set that up. Well, there you go. That I think they just got one. They get a whole episode. Break it down. I don't think I can go an episode without singing something. I don't even have a good voice. Fuck that. That's right. It makes you happy. It makes me happy. Thank you. Makes Anna happy every damn day. Every damn day. <laughs> what is that from? I don't know. I just, I just said it, it kind of weirdly. Dinosaurs. I feel like the way. <laughs> <laughs> can you not? Can I? Can I just go back to this dinosaur board for a second? Sure. Can you, you know, like everybody's afraid that they're going to hear porn, like 
you hear porn in the background and then you like quickly turn it off if somebody walks in. But could you imagine walking in on somebody and hearing like dinosaur porn? <laughs> yeah. What do you think it would be like? Be like, no, that's a dog. <laughs> if I was a dinosaur, that's what that would sound like. <laughs> so anybody who needs voice actors for dinosaur porn, right. we got you. <laughs> I will work for donuts. <laughs> Poor Anna. She's trying to tell us what she heard about this amazing lady, and we just can't get off the dinosaurs. Shut up, Diane. Jeez. <laughs> I'm okay. And go. <laughs> Okay, some more badass things about Mary. Let's see. Um, ah, so fossil hunting was actually extremely dangerous at this time. Uh, all the fossils were in these massive cliff sides, and the water would rush in, do its thing, and then the tide would come out. And so then folks would try to quickly go along the cliff sides and dig out the different curios and fossils that they could before the tides came back in. Thing is, is the clips weren't, the clips were very delicate and they would create these massive shelves over top, which could then break and fall down and crush the people below them. She was doing this as a reminder when she was 12 years old and she did this up until her death at 45 or something. She wasn't very old. Her death was not caused by being swept away? Uh, no, her death was caused by cancer. Um, and actually, a lot of people thought she had a drug problem because she was taking laudanum over the, all over the time to deal with her, the cancer that she had. I would, too. Uh, but yeah, I don't blame her. I'd be high as shit if I had to deal with that. So I'm high as shit and I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> but there was an article in the Bristol Mirror in 1823... Uh, which talked about her and hunting fossils, and it said, and I quote, This persevering female has for years gone daily in search of fossil remains of importance at every tide for many miles under the hanging cliffs at Lyme, whose fallen masses are her immediate object, as they alone contain these valuable relics of former world, which must be snatched at the moment of their fall at the continual risk of being crushed by the half-suspended fragments that they have left behind, or be left to be destroyed by the returning tide. To her exertions we owe nearly all of the fine specimens of ichthyosauri of the great collections. No thank you. <laughs> and then again, in 1833, she barely avoided being killed by a landslide that buried her poor little black and white terrier tray which was her constant companion when she was collecting no yeah sorry i probably should have put a trigger warning on this mary had wrote to a friend of hers in november of that year saying perhaps you will laugh when i say that the death of my old faithful dog has quite upset me the cliff that fell upon him and killed him in a moment before my eyes and close to my feet it was but a moment between me and the same fate and I have to say, Mary, that nobody here would laugh at you for that. No way. No way. If you look at Mary, 
Uh, you will see portraits of her, paintings of her, and you will see her little dog by her feet. So you can Google that. I would like a picture of Coda just sitting on top of me like he actually does in a painting in that really awkward position where his like elbows are digging in my like, you know? <laughs> Listen, I'm living for those pictures that you've been putting on Twitter. Yeah. Of him in different outfits with tie the the ties are my favorite, the bow ties and stuff. But if you haven't already seen it, you need to visit the What I Had Heard Was Twitter page because Coda is rocking those outfits. Killing it. He's got a teddy bear sweater. He's got business dog, business puppy. <laughs> we need to get we need to get him in like a dinosaur costume or something. Yes. Piper had one. Do you remember that, Anna? Yes. That was a gift from a coworker we had got her a dinosaur costume but she quickly got a little too round in the middle to wear her <laughs> dinosaur costume i have a mane and bat wings but i can't get him to do anything when i'm by myself joel has to participate oh is he a daddy's boy yes he is sort of <laughs> he's just like shit there's two of you hmm. mary anning mary anning <laughs> <laughs> so for all of the awesome and wonderful things that she did she grew up very poor uneducated well she was self-educated all of the things that she learned about fossils and geology and the history of earth all those things uh, she taught herself she would read books she would talk to other people she became a fantastic resource for this kind of information the problem was is that at the time, the people who got all the credit were the people who published or the people who put that stuff out into the world, and those were the rich people. Those were the men, because women weren't allowed to do anything at the time. So she got very bitter about all of this uh, because she didn't get any recognition for all of her hard work. She needed a Frederick to take care of her since... Frederick, Frederick the, mouse. the Mouse. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> she had no Frederick, so she had to do it by herself. She was able to, though, earn enough money that she bought her own store and her own house in which she sold her fossils. And people would come from around to ask her questions and to buy her fossils to then display in other places. We need some hold music. Like, you need to choose a song that one of the other of you is going to sing whenever, <laughs> you know, things Whatever come we're out. on hold. Like, yeah, when we're on hold. Herb Albert, that's what you were looking for, right? Yes. Okay, sorry. Hey, did I ever tell you guys about my interaction with Harry Belafonte? No. This is a side note. Sorry. Poor Anna. <laughs> you can't compare this story. No. See, but now I want to know about Harry Belafonte. Do tell, Diane. So one time I worked with Harry Belafonte at a benefit. Uh, it was like a big benefit in New York City. And I was helping be like a, what I would call a talent wrangler. So you just kind of get 
the famous people where they need to be and tell them what to do and things like that. And I was often chosen for this role. I didn't get starstruck very often. But one of these times I was doing this benefit and Harry Belafonte was backstage. Taylor Swift was there. T-Swift. Alec Baldwin was there. But Harry Belafonte looked at me and he said, you look so gorgeous in your red dress. <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you, you worked with the Muppets. <laughs> I didn't actually say that. But in my head, that's what I was thinking. But in real life, I just said, thank you. And I'll always remember that as such a great moment. I think he was probably in his late 70s or 80s at that point. But still, Harry Belafonte tells you you're beautiful. Damn. Hell yeah. Yeah, you keep hold of that. I see. I would lead with that. Much like, hey, guys, I found a dinosaur. And Harry Belafonte thinks I look amazing in red. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I can use Harry Belafonte's music. Because also one of my favorite movies is Beetlejuice. So why not start singing? It's not one in Beetlejuice. Yeah. Go for it. Come on. Day, me say day, me say day, me say day. Daylight come and we want to go home. You know, if you've never seen that Muppet skit, you need, you need to see that skit with the Muppets. It's so fucking funny. We're, Anna, please continue. Tell us about the dinosaur. Mary Anning! The Mary Anning! So I, just, I just got one more thing about Mary Anning. In all the wonderful things that she discovered when I was taking my very first archaeology class and I learned about these things, that they existed... I still, to this day, am super excited. And she was the one that basically told people what it was. All right, in all the different fossils and stuff, there are always these strange conical objects that were referred to as Bezoar stones. She was the first one to suggest, and then rightfully so, that these Bezoar stones were actually fossilized feces. Fossilized fish poop that we now call coprolites and thanks to her i know one of my favorite words which is coprolite or as little man would say peep exactly (laughs) it's fossilized peep peep (laughs) so a beautiful story yeah and i got one other thing yes sorry just as a tie-in this week i was doing the things on the computer with the clickety-clack. And this article popped up of a superbly preserved pterosaur fossil that was unearthed in Scotland. And it says specifically here that the discovery was the best one found in Britain since the early 1800s when celebrated fossil hunter Mary Anning uncovered many significant Jurassic fossils on the southern English coast. So this article that was just written in London mentions her yay and it also mentions the PhD student who found it on a field trip to the island of Skye who's a PhD student named Amelia Penny so good on women fossil hunters 
finding some awesome flying dinosaurs. Hell yeah. Mary yes. Anning. That's amazing. Mary, Mary Anning. <laughs> that, that is amazing, though, Anna. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, no worries. I just saw that there's a movie called Am- Ammonite, I believe, that's supposed to be about her. Excellent. I will have to put that on. Oh, cool. What's it, 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 is, what's it streaming on? Hulu. Excellent. Yeah, she was known for finding a lot of ammonites. Those are little swirly fossils. I actually have one in in my bedroom right now. They're pretty popular sea creatures. Marianning! Okay. Marianning! <laughs> Anna, do you have a modern day badass for us? Sure. I'll just keep talking. Let's see. Our modern day badass comes to us from Cleveland, Ohio. As made popular in Legally Blonde, the connection of a woman and her hairdresser is undefinable. It is a solid bond between two people with emotions and heart and all this wonderful things which is personified in this story of Gianna Fashione and one and her 80-year-old client Clara. Do tell. Clara had a uh, appointment with Gina uh, to get her hairs did and didn't show up, which was very unlike Clara. She was very, usually very punctual and when she didn't show up, Gina was uh, a little concerned as she as she says in this article, they become a friend and then your family depending on how long you've taken care of them. So she was concerned about Clara. She just had this feeling that something wasn't right. So she calls Clara, and Clara's apologizing for not being there, but she had fallen down, and she couldn't get back up. And so what happened was that Clara had fallen in her driveway and was outside of her car, so she couldn't pull herself into the car, she couldn't get out of the driveway, and it's cold, it's Cleveland, it's the wintertime. So Gina, act fast, she grabbed a coat, called 911, and started driving to Gina. You know, she's... Oh my goodness. Yeah. And she's driving there, and she's just nervous, and she's hoping to get there before the cops to help her friend out. And, you know, as she says in the article, she said, my GPS said, you reached your destination. And I'm like, where is she? Gina eventually noticed an Indians jacket, the Cleveland Indians baseball team, on the ground uh, that Clara always wore. And then she found it herself, her lying in her driveway next to her open car. Gina wrapped her up in a blanket and kept her warm until the EMS showed up, arrived a couple minutes later. Um, the EMS said, you may not think that you did anything important that day, but you did. Basically, they said if she hadn't acted as fast as she did and gotten there and called them, that Clara could have died of hypothermia. So, um, as of right now, Clara is recovering from a broken hip, and they uh, spent Valentine's Day together, sharing the love that a hair that only a hairdresser and their client could have. Yay, Gina! Yeah. Thank you, Gina, for being such a badass. Exactly. People always say that they're gonna react in a certain way in certain situations but you never know what you're actually going to do until you're in that situation so good on you Gina for doing the right thing at the right time absolutely absolutely 
Speaking of the right time, Diane, do you have a Craigslist misconnection? That was a smooth transition. Thank, thank you. I I have a misconnection from Craigslist that I thought was appropriate for our prehistoric dinosaur conversation. I like where this is going. The title of this misconnection from Craigslist is called Holy Shrimp, This Can't Be Happening. <laughs> and it's man seeking woman, if that matters. Of course it's a man writing all these punalicious things. Right? I figured all the good gills already had a buoy in their life. Well, I was definitely... Well, I was dolphinately wrong. (laughs) No squidding. Let me know. I'd turtly like to hook up sometime. Turtly? Or maybe you're coy and need time to mull it over? Aww. I hope to be hearing from you soon. Aww. And then there's a little picture of a hammerhead shark, and it says, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, you did. Congratulations. There's a song that I heard uh, on the Dr. Demento CD, and it was all basically the same type of, you know, water puns. <laughs> All right. Do 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 do. I have a sex toy review for you. Whoop whoop. This week it is a personal quiet mini wand. So not a dinosaur wand. I mean, I don't know what it looked like, but it could be. As opposed to a public, a public loud mega wand. <laughs> so the review is uh, by Jonathan. It's five stars, verified purchase. He says, best microphone out there. I bought this microphone to help boost my tones while I'm doing my Mariah Carey covers on YouTube. It helped my vocal performance a lot. Sometimes when I hit the right note, I swear it vibrates. That's how much (laughs) amplification this microphone produces. Sometimes it just, sometimes it just sits there and shakes for hours after usage. It's the best brand on the market. I'm surprised more vocalists don't use it. The end. (laughs) Oh, oh, Jonathan, you rapscallion. I would definitely be Jonathan's friend. So, Jonathan, if you hear this, I want to be friends. Email us at what I had heard was at gmail.com. I think I give that six titties solely for the Mariah Carey reference. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm going to give them two titties because somebody's got to. Ooh. He's not going to get them if he doesn't know that that thing's not a microphone. Question mark. Oh, I see where you're going with it. I gotcha. 
Anna's giving okay. him her titties because he probably doesn't already have titties to handle. He has no titties. Yes. Yeah. There it is. I, I was not nearly as clever as your missed connection. With oh, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, Jonathan. Marianning! Marianning! <laughs> Uh, I give Jonathan, I'm also going to give Jonathan six titties. I just, I feel generous today. So six, six, and two. Jonathan, <laughs> that is your final score. Dun, dun, dun. Anna, do you have a motivational or inspiring quote or thought or idea for us that you would like to share? I do. Um, I'm going to stray a little bit from our traditional Betty White quotes to stick with the dinosaur theme. So this one's from Mookie Wilson. Excellent. When asked about his favorite dinosaurs, uh, he this was his response. When I'm in a slump, I comfort myself by saying, if I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must be believing in me. And if they believe in me, then I can believe in me. Then I bust out. Amen, Mookie. Thank you, Mookie. Words of wisdom. I, I actually printed that out and framed it and had it in my office at Glimmerglass. Because <laughs> it, it was so inspirational. It made me believe in myself daily. I love it. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> so this week, our promo is for designated quizzers, who is our new friend Lisa and Jason. So this show is... Anna, you know how terrible my trivia skills are, and yet I, I truly enjoy this show. You know a lot of stuff, just not the trivial stuff. Just not the trivia stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just know the important things. So here is a promo from our friends Jason and Lisa at Designated Quizzers. Hey, Jason. Yes, dear? I've got a question for you. What's your favorite podcast? Well, it's Designated Quizzers, of course. That's mine, too. Why don't you tell us about it, Lisa? It's a trivity podcast. That's trivia and comedy, but the questions aren't what you think. Curious? Find out more by listening wherever you get your podcasts. Diane, do you know who you are going to do? No. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Punching <laughs> God damn it, we forgot it. No, it's okay. We'll... Did I hear just one of you do a Beavis and Butthead impression? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> uh, welcome to our show. Okay. Sorry. Alright, folks. Next week Diane is gonna tell you a story about a badass woman. Stay tuned to hear more. No more spoilers. Stop with the spoilers, Jen. Jesus Christ. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Mm, 
cheeses. Just a reminder that there are resources on our website at wihhw.com. There are links to mental health resources as well as a vast selection. And if you don't find what you need, just email us and we'll see what we can do to help. We, uh, okay. Is that the sound of one hand clapping? All right. Do you have anything else to say to uh, the listeners? Excellent. What I had heard was we are out of time and we will see you next week.